Hello, welcome to the fourth episode of Just Cuz, the podcast with two cousins where we talk about things we love. Just Cuz, today we are talking about the new Netflix movie, Nimona. Which is just adorable. Oh, I love this absolutely movie. Absolutely fantastic. It is joining the ranks of Puss in Boots 2, the Shreks, and the Spider-Verse movies into the only movies I will ever show my children. <laughs> yes. I have a very big note at the bottom of my, of my notes page that says, reminds me of Puss in Boots 2. Yeah. Where I kept it's thinking just while I was watching it. edgy enough. Where, like, it, this is for kids. There's a little blood in it, but, like, just enough mm-hmm. to where you're like, whoa, this is cool. Yeah, there was blood in this. I was surprised. I was like, whoa, there's a little, like, gusher of blood. There were times when it wasn't juice from a juice box. <laughs> there were many, many, many moments in this movie where I had to question myself and think, like, is this made for kids? It definitely is. Definitely. But... I think it's just the landscape of kids' movies is changing yeah. because kids are more mature than people give them credit and for. And I think it's also made for adults. I don't think it's one of those mindless kids' movies, sorry, like the Emoji movie or the Angry Birds <laughs> movie. I think that's giving kids, like you said, a lot of credit and it's making it for all audiences. It might be the return of the quote-unquote family movie that was missing from our uh, film geography for so long. <laughs> Film landscape. I don't it, know why, it's I don't know why it, it just came to my mind, but there is there's like a dick joke, and it's so quick that it, a kid doesn't even realize it happens, but the adults in the room are very human. Wait, wait, remind me of it. <laughs> I don't remember. It's uh, I won't give away too many of like the what's going on, but someone's in the shower. Oh my god! And yeah. Ramona says, <laughs> "Is are you cold?" <laughs> yes oh my gosh i remember that <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's just a throwaway line like kids have no idea what that is but adults they get it and that's that's how you make a good kid mm-hmm. show you make it fun for adults too and you perhaps give them a lot of themes to think about which this movie maybe definitely has. does if you haven't heard of nimona or if you haven't seen it go see it right now on netflix even though netflix is being a dick and not letting me watch it on my TVs because I use my mom's account. And Netflix, <laughs> I hate you for that. And I had to watch this movie yeah, on I my phone. Yeah, I had to sort that out too. <laughs> really? Okay, I watched it on my oh, iPad. That's a shame. I started watching it on my phone and then I was like, what am I doing? I have an iPad. So I watched it on that. <laughs> but. <laughs> still not the big screen still it was probably meant not for. Not worth it, okay? I cannot believe I can't watch Netflix on any of the TVs in my house. But yeah, Netflix, get your stuff stor- sorted out so that everyone can watch this movie. Exactly. Because they should. Because they should. Okay, we're going to get into spoiler territory here. So if mm. you haven't seen Nimona, I'm assuming, yeah. we strongly encourage you to go watch it. It's only an hour and 45 minutes or something, and it's really, really good. If you don't have Netflix, get it just for this just movie. Just borrow I'd someone else's it. Netflix. Screw what they say. <laughs> exactly. All right. Spoilers, because this movie starts out with a like text crawl where it's a, it's a really cool storybook animation, mm-hmm. but immediately I was worried. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, this is exposition just for the sake of exposition. Okay, well, the thing is, is that it reminded me a lot of the exposition in Moana at the beginning of Moana if you remember that mm-hmm. and it was it was very mm, not exposition for exposition's sake but when world building occurs in a 
opening exposition scene, I'm always a little worried. Yes. Um, because in every fantasy movie, they have to have this is how the world right, was created, in like a book or on a scroll. Like the thing about mm-hmm. with um, the diff the things that stand out from that, like Shrek or Shrek doesn't do it for exposition of his own story, and and Shrek opens the storybook, and the storybook is like, this is what you all know of fairy tales, and this is how Shrek is going to subvert it by wiping his ass with it. That's good. Which is how Nimona does it, which is just perfect. Because again, I was very worried at at the beginning of this movie. Those worries were extremely unfounded, though, because later we're getting ahead of ourselves, but it's all bullshit. Like, it's all lies. It's... That's fantastic. (laughs) It was... It's amazing. I love when she's just like, question the system, question everything. I love that. (laughs) Down with the man. Fight capitalism. (laughs) We meet Ballister Blackheart and his hot boyfriend Ambrosia. Hot, hot boyfriend, which they just played by Eugene Lee Yang from the Try Guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was amazed. I mean, just the fact that they went out and did it. I know. Which I thought it was gonna uh, be we're, we're... like a classic, like because they set them up in the prologue to be em- enemies. Right. And yes. so I was like, oh, they're going to be enemies. I, I didn't even I didn't even think because I didn't see any promotion for this movie other than what Eugene did, because I watched the Try Guys and I'm not ashamed about it, no matter <laughs> what face you give me. <laughs> the That's the only promotion I've seen for this movie. I've seen like very few posters and stuff. Um, maybe I just haven't been getting out. Yeah. But I saw nothing for this movie. Yeah. I just saw it was out on Netflix and I watched mm-hmm. it. Um, but which is kind of sad. It is. You live in a small ass town. There's not going to be that many billboards and advertisement on buses like there are here. There's like advertisements for everything. Um, yeah, so uh, that is fair. I haven't seen that much promotion for it, and I had no idea that it was going to have a queer relationship so central to its, um, to its plot. Um. Which is so goddamn refreshing, can I say? <laughs> because oh my usually God. when there is a uh, queer relationship in a movie, it is shoved in there just to please the gays or just to check a diversity box. And it doesn't it, matter to the plot at all. This is integral to the plot. And it, It's always oh a God. throwaway character on the side that has like a minute of screen time. Mm-hmm. And I'm pointing my finger at Disney, but oh, they're usually they're the people the who do that. They're the biggest offenders. Fuck Disney. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas this is two main characters, and they originally touched hands, and I was like, oh, we're going to do enemies to lovers. But no, it's later found no, it's out l- that they used to date. It's lovers to enemies to lovers. It's better than enemies to lovers. It, it's the best trope. <laughs> it's amazing, because rather than just like tropes, they're just two people in love. Yeah. That's it. And, they're, and I love and they that. struggle the whole movie because they don't want to see each other as the enemy. Um, mm-hmm. And it eventually gets resolved, obviously. Uh, but I was really worried there for a second. I was like, I know this is a kid's movie. I know this is going to get resolved. But it looks like it's in a place where it <laughs> cannot possibly be resolved. <laughs> what are they going to do? Right? They get down to the wire yeah. with it. And there's a lot of twists and turns in this movie. But the main thing that I want to talk about is the queen and her death. Oh, yeah. It's so quick. (laughs) 
I didn't even under there's there's a lot of stuff that just happens quick mm-hmm. in this movie and I barely have time to feel what is what is happening or understand before like the next thing happens. I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing because it it really gets the audience feeling what I'm sure the director or the writer wants you to think. Yeah. The movie very much sets itself up as having the prologue be the reciting of the old history by Nimona, who we don't know yet, who later is yeah. we meet as Nimona. Um, and it's the reciting of the old history of the world with Glorith and um, how she saved everyone from the monsters. And that is set up to be the prologue. And then it enters the story. But what you don't realize until the queen is murdered is that up until that point, it's still pretty much a prologue because the story hasn't yeah. started yet. It doesn't start until you see Nimona deciding to go talk to Braveheart, whatever his first name is. Ballister. Ballister, I, right. Because he kept calling I, him I love Bal, it. And I was like, that's such a dumb nickname. So they originally say his name and I had to pause the movie and I looked to my girlfriend and I was just like, his last name is not Blackheart, right? Because that's what it is. Ballister Blackheart. Jesus Christ, is that why he's And he's got a black scar heart? on his eye. Yeah. And for no reason, he wears black armor. Yeah. That's what I was saying just, before. Just as a slight. Just as, this is my thick eyes. Get, get with it. <laughs> yeah. Every other night I mean, yeah, is it makes sense. white and gold armor. And he's just like, I'm out here wearing black. Everyone's thinks that I am going to betray everyone because I'm the only commoner who's ever become a knight. I um, I just want to stand out. It was clearly <laughs> he like, just wants to be cool. It was clearly like everyone could decide what armor that they were going to wear and he could have decided to wear a less conspicuous villainous armor. But he was like, no, you know what? No. I'm going to wear pure obsidian armor. I'm playing into their hands. I'm gonna look like a like I'm from Minecraft wearing netherite armor, <laughs> and I'm gonna and you go know what? there and kill the queen. No. <laughs> Little twelve-year-old me looking at him with his black armor and a scar over his eye. I was like, that's unironically. No, cool. it is okay. Even that. me at at twenty-two years old thinks that that's unironically <laughs> yeah. cool. He he is he is uh, working snap and yes <laughs> i hated myself doing that but no no that's that's such a choice that's such a choice for him <laughs> to clearly make and i love that for him that tells me exactly who he is and of course learning that this was based off of a graphic novel as soon as i finished the movie i went to that mm-hmm. and the designs the art is very different i'm gonna sound i'm gonna sound like i'm dissing the comic but the art is like crude it looks like like i could draw it but i do love the designs because it's all back there not like the black armor and everything but all the ideas are there Mm -hmm. it's still a good comic but it's one of those things where i think the movie might have even been translated better i i mean that was one of the reasons that i didn't buy the comic because i remember when it came out and um i was going to buy it and i looked in it and i saw the artwork and i was like oh this is a bit crude i mean it's not it's not bad art it's good it's just i was like if i'm gonna buy a comic book i'm not gonna buy this (laughs) sorry (laughs) no i definitely get Um, that and the action is fluid but like this is better and i think the movie is 
better. The movie was absolutely excellent. Like it was just so picture perfect, especially with the action. Like I can picture it in panels, but I feel like it would just lose so much of its of like Nimona specifically fluidity and mm-hmm. um it was it's just the the fight scenes in the movie are they're so good they're oh excellent. my goodness most of them are framed as chase scenes it's so much better for that oh my god <laughs> it, it's so incredible like we we've mentioned fluidity with the comic and the movie but the way that everything moves in this is so incredible right from the get-go the animation style just makes your jaw drop as soon as you're done with the storybook intro and we see like the future fantasy setting and these ships are flying and i don't even know how to describe the animation other than it looks like a higher budget version of a netflix show called the dragon prince which i saw didn't love but it's fun if you've seen that you know where like the it's the same look, but just higher uh, frame rate. I, pretty I much. haven't seen it, but I was about to read the book. I think I have it here somewhere, <laughs> but I did not <laughs> read it yet. Um, but yeah, no, the the setting is kind of like Shrek's Far Far Away meets Big Hero Five, and I love that. <laughs> it was like Big Hero yes. Six. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, I I was gonna six. correct you, but then in my mind, I was like, who cares? <laughs> I do. Five, six, six. we'll probably get people screaming at their iPods like, it's Big Hero 6! So maybe I should have corrected you. If we have people listening to us with that much passion, I will feel accomplished. Honestly, yeah. But, no, the setting was so unique and interesting. And I was like, I've never seen a setting where there are knights who have iPhones. I think that's great. Yeah. And Or just the way that that sets up the night setting, but with the communication of modern day. Yeah. I, it's so weird. I, I've n- I don't think I've ever seen it before. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. I, but... I don't recall seeing it, but I think it was, I mean, such a such a natural way to go um, for this for this project. And mm-hmm. um, OK, so anyway, so like Ballinger kills the queen but he doesn't really kill the queen and then like his sword explodes and it kills the queen but he didn't <laughs> yeah the weird laser sword yeah it's weird it's a weird green laser <laughs> sword um it was rad but it didn't go with his aesthetic because his aesthetic was black and red so like like a targaryen yes. so <laughs> pick a laser that goes with your aesthetic man no i'm just kidding he didn't pick the laser we all know that <laughs> um yeah, and it was obviously the director the evil the director because like who else right. is it it's a kid's movie, so it's, it's obvious. It's got to be but... the man. In this case, the man isn't a man. The man is a woman. And she says. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the person who's most in charge. That's the villain. <laughs> Boo, down with capitalism. <laughs> Boo. Boo. Tomato, tomato. I do like the matriarch society that they set up with, like, the queen yes. and the director's a no, woman, I too. Like that. that was cool. Um, and the queen was awesome. She was great. And she was like, anyone can be a hero. What's the movie that's known for that? It's, it's like, in the back of my head. Uh, Spider-Verse? No. <laughs> Never mind. Doesn't matter. I mean, I just have the you can wear the mask line oh, stuck yeah, in my head. There's, it's a lot of movies like that. Honestly, any superhero movie yeah. made for kids has that Sky thing. Sky High. To be fair. Anyone can be. Yes. <laughs> no, Sky High is eugenics <laughs> utopia. Anyway. Yeah, you can be a hero if your parents are right. heroes. Sorry, we're off topic. <laughs> Queen, dead. Super sad. She was great. Yeah. Um, And then I wasn't clear. Was she Golden Loins? Um... <laughs> 
What's the dumb name too? Um, Golden Loins. <laughs> was she Golden Loins' mom, or was he just a descendant of Glorith, who's not in line to take the throne? I have no idea, okay. but my best guess is you're you're right, or maybe because he didn't know Ambrosia. Didn't know, so I guess he's not. And he was also, like, he didn't seem sad enough that, like, oh, my mom's dead. And then, like, Bal wasn't, like, oh, my God, I like, he thinks I killed his mom. He just thinks I killed the queen. Like, that would have been a whole different Mm. thing if it was, like... Which is still bad, but, yeah, objectively, that's worse. It it would be way more personal (laughs) if it's, like, he thinks you killed his mom, and then you cut off his arm, and then that's the makings for uh, lovers to enemies. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, back to lovers because we got to get yes, them happy. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, okay, so then Nimona sees us all going on on the TV screen, and that's the first time we see Nimona. And she decides to go find uh, Ballinger because she says, in her words, he's perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> With her, her little vampire teeth. Oh my it's God. So <laughs> Instantly, you get her character just from like that one second interaction of her looking at the screen and going he's not just that from her intro of her walking with her hood down keeping her face covered not talking to anyone that is also very character building and it's very clear who she is right away um and so she gets there and terrorizes him a little bit but she doesn't show what makes her nimona she doesn't um come right out and start showing off um her herself which is very telling when you think about later in the movie it's definitely a character choice but i do love how you have no idea who nimona is i am maybe the trailer revealed it but i didn't know she was a shapeshifter mm-hmm. until like 10 minutes into meeting her character i didn't watch the trailer i've seen the comic before i ever saw this movie and I looked through it, and I still di- didn't realize that she was a shapeshifter. And so I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. I had no idea this comic existed until this movie came out, which is kind of sad because the writing is incredible mm-hmm. for both the movie and the comic. I guess it just hasn't got a lot of marketing in yeah, you know, small-town areas. I don't know. Or anywhere, really. I mean, I know a lot of people who d- don't know about it here. <laughs> I got really excited when she kept just, like, disappearing near Ballinger. And she was just like, where'd you go? And that I, I thought that was so funny. I was like, this is, again, showing me character, showing me exactly who she is. She likes to have fun. She is convinced that Ballinger is a villain. And she wants to join him. Mm. She's like... So I have to say it, Ballister. Ballister. Oh my God, what have I been saying? We'll, we'll, we'll get people commenting. Maybe they're that engaged. What have I, have I no been idea. saying? Ballinger? What does that mean? <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm just going to stick with Bal because it's way easier. <laughs> we were talking about Nimona's introduction. Like, again, how I was saying I didn't know he, she was a shapeshifter. She would just disappear. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you some sort of sprite? Fifth yeah, dimensional like, imp? Yeah. Like, what are you? <laughs> um. But it's revealed when um, Bal tries to go clear his name, gets immediately arrested and thrown in jail. And um, Nimona's like, I told you so. I'm going to break you out. And for a while, you don't see it. Um, She's just disappearing and reappearing and 
pulling some weird stunts and he's like, what mm. is happening? But she breaks him out <laughs> and um, they pass a room full of fucked up, passed out guards. And, he's, <laughs> and she's like, they were like this when I got here. That was excellent. Like, I was like, oh. It's at that moment where you ask, how powerful yeah, is, she? Like, is she? Like, what is she? powerful? What is happening right now? yeah <laughs> um and then you see she's absolutely excellent she turns into a giant whale and smashes through the entire thousand year old yeah. cathedral and uh destroys everything they hold dear which i respect and she's just amazing like you already know namon is going to be a great character the moment she's introduced but when you realize that she's a shapeshifter and when she has just all the fun with that, oh my god. Yeah. It's so much fun to look at, too. Really good. Um, and they do not pull their punches with the shapeshifting. A lot of a lot of complaints that I have of lots of characters who are shapeshifters is that well, oftentimes they restricted to just human shifting, which is boring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, it's fun <laughs> for, like, you know, things like Secret Invasion, but um it's not as interesting if your character's only thing is they're a shifter right yeah shape shifting into a human is only fun when it's horrific I'm sorry, no go you're on. absolutely right um but a lot of complaints i have with shifters is that they usually shift to an animal and then shift back to human and go back yep. and forth namona does not fuck with that at all she's like i'm gonna shift into whatever i fucking want at any point in time it's it's so good goes from a a rhino then there's you know like a bird and a a wolf and and then a huge whale and it's great and so anyway they escape and uh, what happens they go back to no they go to try and find the guy the squire who had the sword who who gave they're gonna who wanted to... to give some sort of comment about the sword beforehand but he couldn't. Which he never got to hear because they had to go kill the queen. <laughs> because the plot has to happen. <laughs> um, the sequence where they kidnapped the squire <laughs> was just so good. <laughs> Nimona turns into a little boy. And <laughs> he... This horrific little boy. Yeah, we're going to come back to the themes and, and Balan, uh, Ballister <laughs> and Nimona's relationship <laughs> and the things they talk about. We're going to come back to that. But... I think um, he keeps, like, questioning her at this point, questioning her whenever she mm-hmm. uh, and she And he's, he's like, you're a little boy now. And she's like, damn, today. He's just the smallest, cutest little boy. And he has the sweetest voice in the world. And he goes up to the squire to try and lure him into a, a dark alley and then just turns into a demon baby. And it's the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Because Nimona... I was laughing so much. so good. Nimona is obsessed with causing chaos and, and just, like, breaking stuff. And that was that was just the epitome of that. It was just like, I'm a cute little little thing. You don't have to worry about me. I'm the demon spawn. It's so good. <laughs> we'll get into it a lot more, like, deeper. But Nimona has expected people to be afraid of her. So I feel like she's just grown accustomed to getting amusement out of yeah. that. Um, Which is kind of sad, but it's also really funny to see. And then, yeah, they stole a car, they put him in the chunk, they fly away, and in a flying, it's a flying car, of course. Um, and they question the Esquire after another run-in with uh, Ambrosius. 
Another very <laughs> on-the-nose name. Everyone's name is super on-the-nose except for Nimona's. Beautiful, golden-haired Ambrosius. Ambrosius, <laughs> Ballister, Blackheart, <laughs> and Glorith. Very, very subtle <laughs> names, guys. And you don't know the evil director's name? Yeah. The director. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> she doesn't have a name. She is defined <laughs> by the job. Anyway, where, where were we? <laughs> that just got me thinking about severance i don't know why okay uh, such a great so show good. oh my so god good. i just rewatched it way off topic but oh, when is season two coming oh, out i hope fucking soon it's real good um <laughs> anyway um so okay the squire uh goes yeah this is what i was trying to show you before i didn't i didn't fuck with your sword but i was uh i did see something i know he has a recording of him messing around with the suit and uh the suit of armor and someone comes in and switches the swords and lo and behold it's the evil director it's harmony cobell harmony cobell yeah defined by the job bal's immediate urges to go i'm gonna go tell ambrosius about this i'm gonna show him this video and everything's gonna be okay but nimona says this is where you really start loving the movie because nimona says no you should not do that that's not gonna change anything it's just gonna it's just gonna reinstate the system you need to question everything you need to question yes this wall that's around our city is there any any bad things even out there and i'm like girl okay this is amazing i i'm pretty confident that wall subplot isn't in the comic and it's just kind of another cliche to add to the list but i love it so much it really because it just again it it adds to the list of sub themes where it's just like do not trust the system that has control over your life mm -hmm. Because they do have control, and they're probably not doing too great stuff if they've put you inside of a mm -hmm. wall. It says, do you even, she says, do you even know what's out there? And he says, no, no one does, because I don't have a death wish. No one's ever been out there. And she says, so maybe there's nothing. Just one of the many things in this movie that are done way better than it deserves to be done. Exactly. And it's a really, it's a really good message for children to hear, like, question authority like obviously lots of kids movies say that but they don't often mean it they don't often mean no. question authority and tear down the system if it's corrupt because they don't want you to tear down the system because the people making the movie are the system and this movie says no tear it the fuck down it's not good for you <laughs> but and this movie has a lot of things that are right in front of your face such as a character who is a shapeshifter but there's a lot of things that are also really, really subtle, like that, uh, how, you know, you want to question your reality. You could either shove that in a kid's face and they're not really going to get it, or you can subconsciously get them to have that idea, mm -hmm. you know, incept it into their brain incept like Leonardo it. DiCaprio. You got to go, what, four layers deep? <laughs> anyway, Bal goes to show the video to Ambrosius, and he's like, look, this is the the proof and before he can play the video the director yells he's got a weapon and the the asshole 
white guy who I don't care about his name. He was in this also. Oh. Uh, he's... I was just going to call him Beck Bennett Knight because that's who he's voiced <laughs> okay. by. He's been in it the whole, he's been in the whole movie, but I haven't mentioned him because he sucks. Uh, no, he's like a good character and he's funny, but like he yeah. sucks as a person. But his character point is I am annoying. Yeah. Uh, he shoots a, a weaponized arrow. I was going to say gun, no, it was but an it, yeah, arrow. it's like a crossbow. The real... It's like a machine gun crossbow. Yeah, it was like a tech arrow, like a like a arrowverse arrow. Like a bolt. Yeah, like, like, I don't know. I, this is dumb. We stop talking about <laughs> a boxing glove arrow. <laughs> um, a really high tech arrow. He shoots it at the phone, and the phone is shot by an arrow, so it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> no more video and or no more proof. Then they get into a big fight, and it's way better than the first one. Really good. I mean, they're both they're different. They're very different, but it's so good. And Nimona is beating everybody up. It's going really well until a car coming to there it bled over into the town where there was innocent people, right? And there was mm-hmm. a car, and it was spinning out of control, and it was about to hit this child. And Nimona stops it with her tail. She's a big dragon at that point, and she stops it with her tail. And she saves a little girl. And then the little girl looks scared. So she turns into a little girl to console the little girl and be like, don't worry, it's okay. I'm a friend. And the little girl picks up a sword and calls her a monster. And that broke me. Oh, my God. It broke Nimona, too. (laughs) But I was like, oh, God, no. (laughs) A little peek behind the curtain but as i was watching this that's the scene where i paused it and texted you and told you we need to review this movie on this podcast awesome. i'm so <laughs> glad that was the scene because like i was having a lot of fun but i didn't think it was going to be incredible mm-hmm. until that scene and pretty much everything after that moment is so well written not to discount everything beforehand but it's more about fun yeah Whereas now we're really delving into the themes of the movie. And it was just absolutely incredible from here on out. Like, they go back, um, Nimona and Bal. Is this where Nimona is shot with an arrow? Or is that beforehand? Oh, that was before. That was when they kidnapped the squire. Yeah, she was shot with an arrow. I thought that was also a good scene. Yeah, that was Where she's just like, I'm I'm okay. She was, uh, she didn't react to the pain because she says she was so used to pain and and people hurting her. And I was like, oh my God, what? Yeah, at this point, we don't know that she's thousands of years old and lonely. Yeah. (laughs) We know she's lonely, but, um... Yeah, we can guess. I can't think of any scene to talk about in the middle of what happens next where what we think is Ambrosia comes up to confront the director. Oh, yeah. And... (laughs) I can. That... (laughs) Wait... Well, first of all, um, Val can tell that something's wrong with Nimona, and she's really upset. It, it really gets to her, that girl being um, so scared of her and calling her a monster. And not the fact that the girl was mad at her, but the fact that the girl is so young and they teach children that young to hate things that are different. She says that exact thing, and she says to hate anything that is different from them and to pick up a sword and kill it, and I'm the monster? She's so inundated into that propaganda. It's ridiculous, but it's so real because that that stuff is real. Yeah, and their whole world is shaped by it. Their breakfast cereals, their adverts, their... 
they're knights, they're they're rulers of their kingdom. And, you know, when you think about how indebted into their world that kind of thinking is, you start to look at our world. What are what are our children learning from our crap? Yeah, the the heroes are the people that everyone look up to and want to be. And when your heroes are the people that, you know, kill monsters, that's that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. And the monsters are the villains, no matter what. And we'll talk about monsters in yeah. general. But yeah, after that scene and you get that heart-wrenching just dialogue about how Nimona just underneath it all, everyone she believes is afraid yeah. of her, which is just And that's horrible. when she says that line that definitely comes back into play later when she says, I don't know what's worse, the fact that everyone in this city wants to put a sword through my heart or the fact that uh half the time i just want to let them and yeah oh i think that's probably where i started the tears um i definitely cried watching this movie oh i um, cried but i was like no bitch no stop you're you're like so little like namona is um she's obviously not little she's very old but um, she takes the form of a child most of the time. You just never want to hear those words come out of a child's mouth. It's it's rough. Yeah. And there's many, many more rough moments. I'm getting ahead of myself, but when they kind of have that similar interaction to, like, what is it, uh, Soul, where oh. Jamie Foxx is talking to Tina Fey, and Tina Fey is just the giant smoke monster, and Jamie Foxx is, like, trying to talk her down. It really reminded me of that, and that's where I was just in tears. The movie Soul? Tina Fey was in that? Am I thinking of the right movie? <laughs> I don't know. Where the animated yeah, the Pixar one. movie Soul? Yeah. I had no idea that was Tina Fey. Oh my yeah. God. She was she was the one Jamie yeah. Foxx is trying to okay, teach. Okay, you learn something new every day. I didn't know that was Tina Fey. Wow. Uh, anyway, that's a good movie. <laughs> but anyway, it yeah, fantastic movie. Um, Again, made me cry, yeah. and pretty much the same exact reason why it made me yeah. cry. And it's just this broken soul trying to be fixed by someone else, even though it's an impossible task yeah. to fix that broken soul. Well, anyway, <laughs> sorry, not that's a terrible <laughs> yeah, anyway. segue, but like, so Nimona and Val decide to, they do this way quicker than I expected. Like it is, they decide to uh, prove that the director killed the queen and they yes. just decide that. And the next scene is them enacting their plan. But you don't realize it at first because <laughs> it, the scene starts and it's the director sitting in her chair and Ambrosius comes in and talks to her in a very Ambrosius way. And nothing is wrong at all. And you're like, okay, <laughs> this is the next scene. And then um, the director stabs and and she she um you know she confesses and she tells him everything her whole evil monologue and then she stabs ambrosius through the stomach and you're like what oh my god i wasn't expecting him to die no and then he goes like this he goes and you're like what I know it's this the is the most overacting I know this, yeah, I've ever seen. I know seen. this is a podcast and you guys couldn't see me, but I looked absolutely demented when I did that. <laughs> she had her hands up at her side. <laughs> like a makes noises like a like a choking pterodactyl. And Yes. <laughs> um then you're like, wait a second, what is going on here? Immediately when the overacting yeah, starts, I was, like, I was thinking, this is I know, real. right? What, I was what's like, going this can't on? be really happening. What? I was like, why is why'd they make that funny? He's clearly dying. 
like he has a sword yeah. through his abdomen. This is meant to be yeah. serious. Um, I was like, this is a weird choice to take in a kids movie. And then the next time it happens, I'm like, oh my god, that's Nimona. <laughs> that is not Ambrosius. <laughs> it's Nimona pretending to be Ambrosius. And see, my my mind went in a completely different direction. I knew it wasn't Ambrosius, but I had no idea that it was Nimona. I just knew that it could not like 110% be Ambrosius just because uh, him and the main character hadn't kissed yet. And I was like, this would be the movie where they do it right and they kiss No, I was like, he can't (laughs) die right here. Are you kidding me? Um, yeah. No, I was like... They have to have their happy like, ending. Absolutely, he's not dying here. Something is happening. And when the first, you know, fake death um, noises started happening, I was like, oh, is this how they're mm. telling us that this is not a real death? Does he have some sort of armor? Uh, but by the <laughs> second time, I realized that it was Nimona. And mm. um, then Ballister... I almost said it again. Ballister <laughs> comes in, <laughs> and he's like, oh, we recorded the whole thing. And then... The two of them are just like, oh, the two of them being Ballister and Nimona are all buddy-buddy. And then they leap off the building together and they fly away and it's great. And then they have a, they upload it to the internet and tell everyone that the director killed the queen. And they have a huge dance party where Nimona is a shark and it's the best thing ever. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh yeah, Nimona had this line earlier that I absolutely adored when he was, was yeah, he was just like, he was like, what's happening? You're a girl. And then she's like, nope. And then she turns into a shark and she's like, I'm a shark. And she just like bites at it. It's (laughs) so funny. Every single time. That perfectly encapsulates her character. Just that one line. They have a shark dance party and they take a picture with, with his head inside the shark's mouth. I knew this wouldn't work out simply because they can just say she's a shapeshifter. She's been messing with us, which they do. It's, it's the easiest trick in the book of shapeshifting. If you want to blame something mm-hmm. on a shapeshifter, all you have to say is, you can't trust them. They're a shapeshifter. Anyone could be them. And then all the townspeople go, <laughs> we can't trust her? Oh, Quick, no. get your torches, get your pitchforks. <laughs> Which is where the movie is going because uh, through a series of events, Ambrosius is convinced to like uh, talk to Ballister to get rid of Nimona. They find... Because that's, that's what the director yeah, wants. Yeah, they find the director... Well, he goes to arrest the director, but uh, she gives him this ancient scroll uh, that we don't see what it is, and then it changes his mind and he doesn't. Ambrosius in the next scene or whatever shows that scroll to Bal and it's a picture of a giant dragon monster destroying a town and inside Mm -hmm. of the monster is a girl and it's Nimona. And this scroll is the storybook that we saw in the beginning. The lies that Glendalyn... Glory with a TH at the end. (laughs) It was so easy, and I went the furthest route possible. (laughs) Whoever she is, yeah, she just lied about killing this one monster. We're told in a little bit. Does not happen. It is Mm -hmm. is a classic instance of uh, distorting history of uh, the winner's right 
the history books is clearly not what happened. Basically, this makes Val turn on Nimona, even though they just had that awesome rad dance party together. I would never turn on someone I had a dance party with, but that's just me. Side note, in that dance party when she breathes fire, and he, at, oh at God, first, yeah. Ballister's surprised, and then he just goes, metal. Yeah. I love because that. Because it, they, it oh goes back to, you know, their conversations on the train and their conversation in the alleyway. Like, we'll talk about all that in yes. a bit. But yeah, he has fully, at that point, he has fully accepted her. Not that mm-hmm. it was... For who yeah. she is. And not that it was on him to accept her, but him to accept her, but she wanted him to accept her. So... And it's it's really it's really upsetting to see him turn so easily, um, but you know it's the classic like we were saying with the shapeshifters. That's that's how it goes. I think like fully believing that Nimona is the monster from the fairy tale. He goes back to the lair and, and they him. have that one last spat, and that's that's rough. It was to watch. really heartbreaking. Uh, and Nimona leaves. She runs away because Ambro just comes to arrest her. Val didn't set set him up, but he followed. Ambro just followed him. And so she runs away and um, she comes across Glorith's old well, um, which Nimona had uh, alluded to earlier uh, as, a, as a joke, as not a real story mm-hmm. that she was telling uh, Val. But... And we forgot to mention that when she starts telling that story, it's like, oh, are we finally oh, yeah, getting... It was... I mean, it's kind of lazy exposition, but we're finally getting her story. Yeah. And then, no. Yeah, they were on the train, and she was. He was like, "What are you?" And she kept. She keeps <laughs> saying, "I'm Nimona," but he doesn't take that as an answer. So she starts to tell him this story, and it's a little girl who goes, uh, who is so separate from the animals. And one day she goes to a wishing well, and she wishes, and then she says, um, and she wishes that people would stop asking her stupid questions on trains. <laughs> <laughs> And it was great. And it had this whole animation go along, going along with it. Because at mm. first, like you said, you think it's some lazy backstory exposition, but it's not. It's hilarious. There's a little bit of truth in that because, yeah, the, the well is part yeah, of it. Yeah, she used, uh, she used a location that she knew. Um, so she comes across the well and she turns into the same little girl that she turned into to greet the other little girl from the fight before. Mm. We get her heartbreaking backstory. It really, really hurts to see all this because it's it's the exact same thing that Namon has been dealing with the entire movie where she's just trying to make a friend. And she does in Glorith. Yeah. But... She is this ancient eldritch being. <laughs> not horror. Not yeah. eldritch horror, but she is this ancient being that is alone and can shift into any body and she tries with the birds she tries with the fishes she tries with the deer and nobody wants to be her friend she finally meets a little girl and becomes friends with that little girl and and they are friends for a little bit and it's so much fun to watch because Nimona's happy like genuinely happy and uh glorith who that little girl is accepts Nimona for her shape-shifting abilities just like Bal eventually did <laughs> then her parents see her playing with a giant grizzly bear which I would love to see my child playing with but it's a pink grizzly bear you know like it's, there could be worse things um, yeah but 
it's clearly not a natural being, right. but still, like, the kid's clearly having yeah, fun. Yeah, and she, uh, Nimona turns back into a human to, uh, you know, be like, oh, don't worry, I wasn't gonna hurt your child as a grizzly bear, don't worry. And the entire town turns on her and calls her a monster. And they attack her, and in their attack of her, one of them accidentally knocks over a bunch of torches into a pile of hay and it lights the whole town on fire and Nimona protects herself for like half a second yeah. because she doesn't want to get all burned. she does is protect herself she does not lash out at anyone she's just defend defending herself and Glorith picks up the toy sword that they were playing with and uh tells her to go back into the shadows from whence she came and that's the end of the flashback that is the story that the myth of this entire society is built on when all we've heard is that glorith was a fierce adult warrior who defeated the most terrible monsters the world has ever known whereas she just told a little girl to fuck off yeah it was it's really sad <laughs> um yeah. but like i said history is written by the winners so that's what their history becomes that mixed with the same thing happening to her with Ballister. It's too much for her to take, and she hops off. Yeah, she just becomes the monster that everyone already thinks yeah. she is. Not on purpose. It's very clear it's out of pain. She becomes this big, swirling, oh, yeah. black, shadowy monster. There's none of the happy, cheerful, pink Nimona left. I don't even think she's in control of herself at that point. Like, she might be. I fully believe that she would destroy the city if she had a choice I don't, to. I don't but... think so. I think that she was in control, and I think she, from that point, I think she wanted to die. I think that was a suicide attempt, and she was walking. Yeah, with the it's sword. Very clearly, yeah, yeah, she was walking towards, from the well uh, where she was, you could see uh, Glorith, adult Glorith's huge statue with a huge sword pointed at the monster to kill it to defend her city Nimona I don't think she's really attacking the city I think she's just walking towards the sword and everyone attacks her and pushing her and shooting at her and she's falling and hitting buildings and then mm -hmm. she sees the advert on the tv where it says it's for cereal it's, it's some for kids, kids like, yeah, cereal or toys or something and it's like look i'm a hero killing monsters too and that gets her mad and she destroys the tv she ba she walks to the sword and she tries to kill herself she tries to run herself through with the sword it's very sad yeah for a kids movie it is very real yeah. and i was surprised they went that far definitely but i was very glad because it was very good oh yeah. um and Ballister stops her H how did he get up to the sword i don't care because it's doesn't a really matter. emotional moment doesn't matter they he apologizes definitely i don't remember exactly what he says but um they make up and nimona turns back into herself because he says i think he says i see you which is that's really, what it is which is really good because that yeah that was the line that had me in yeah. absolute no, I was tears gone. i was gone <laughs> in that moment um golden loin uh, ambrosius also <laughs> um realized <laughs> that the director was wrong and what they were doing is bad nimona takes down the director and it's a huge mm. big celebration they break the wall and it's a happy ending it's really good all is but well but nimona dies like she just <laughs> disappears and she's gone after stopping the big missile that the director was trying to blow up the city with just for a picture in your mind just imagine 
I'm sure you had a very similar time watching it, but I was in tears, just bawling my eyes out. Nimona takes that bullet or crossbow bolt or whatever it is, and she's dying, and I'm just like, no, this is not happening. <laughs> no, no. Not happening. she's not dead. Not dead. <laughs> then she, she like, fully, like, fades away, and then her essence, like, just disappears. And I'm like, oh, my yeah. God, she's actually dead. What the fuck? Still, I was like, no. And then it cuts no. to the next scene, and Ballister's like, this isn't, maybe this isn't the kind of place where we get happy endings. And I was like, what? <laughs> no. He and his boyfriend are back together, so that is a happy ending, but Nimona's fucking dead, guys. But then. Yes. He goes back to his lair. Cleans up a yeah. bit, puts up some pictures, and then you see like the pink glow behind him, and you just hear, "Hey, boss!" And then he goes, "What the movie ends?" And then the movie ends, <laughs> like, uh, like in the Spider-Man Homecoming. Yep, <laughs> the same ending beat. I love that. Uh, right on the curse word. We'll obviously get into Nimona's character, but there is no sequel. Like, I picked up the comic because I wanted to see more of this story. And the story ends with at the same point with the yeah. comic. It ends even, like, slightly different, but... I don't think it needs any more. I mean, I would love to see more, but I don't want there to be more just so that it gets ruined, you know? No. In my heart of hearts... I want this to be the first of a trilogy, but if this movie is one and done, it would probably be all the better for it. I think that the the themes and the message are so uh, well balanced in the story and they're so succinct and I don't think they need more time to explore this, this message, this, uh, yeah. these characters. I think we have a perfectly good idea of who they are and what they wanted and they got what they wanted Nimona was finally accepted mm -hmm. by the whole city by everybody and you know if this was the real world we would say will that last will she shift into one more thing and then they'll immediately turn on her again probably but this is a kid's movie and I don't <laughs> want to think about that <laughs> yeah and it's a fantasy yeah. they got the happy ending. and we don't I don't think we would need another movie because what other theme is there to explore it would be the same thing again like many sequels to kids movies and or just sequels to any movies <laughs> and it would just be not as good as the first one yeah unless the author or director or writer has something to say yeah please don't make a second movie because i just incredible. don't think it needs it. i think it's it's i think it's a perfect movie <laughs> there are a few movies i say about uh, yeah. that i think it's a perfect movie i watched this the first time and i've yet to even watch it a second time i definitely will but i thought there was some pacing issues but again without even watching it again only thinking about it i think that that might have just been first watch things happening really really quickly and i'm just trying to understand them but again i i don't think that's a, even an issue if you think about it because it's a kids movie things have to happen quickly and yeah. just very very one after I another i like that this wasn't a two and a half hour slog origin story bullshit. No. it was so it was quick it was like what an hour and 45 minutes or something it was yeah it was quick it was great Every scene had a purpose. It was, I loved it. No, it was incredible. Yeah. And the animation was incredible too. We've barely talked about that, but it's just beautiful. Lighting is beautiful yes. in this movie. Oh my gosh. I think we should talk about so, Nimona. Yes. Let's get into Nimona because at first I was questioning whether she was the only monster out there. But after just even a little bit of thought, I think she has to be. 
because just to coincide with the themes of her character, she'd have to be alone for all yeah, that time. She's the only monster. I she mm-hmm. is a lonely creature, which is very sad. <laughs> when she is eternal <laughs> and she is everything. Which begs the question, what is she? I don't is she, she like... is Nimona. I think you're missing the yeah, point. Yes. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> but was she created with the earth? Like is she that old? I don't know. Did a god create her? I don't know. Honestly, like, I think those are questions to ask in different universes. I think in this one, it doesn't matter, and I think that's the point of her. I love, don't get me wrong, I love asking those kinds of questions. I'm like, I'll get into deep lore of anything. (laughs) But I think the point of Nimona is that she's just her. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, if we're getting into Nimona, the big theme of Nimona is that She's not a shapeshifter. She is a queer person. She is an analogy yes. for a queer person. Probably 100%. a trans or non-binary or gender fluid person. Um, mm-hmm. Which brings up the point, and I just want to be very careful with how I say this. When I question what she is, what her origins are, uh, and when I even say Nimona is a little girl or I label her yeah, as a little girl. We're talking about like the fictional she, character. Yeah. Like she she is a very, very clear analogy for uh, queer people and trans people. When you look at her original little girl form, you, you think about how that carried off into her later decisions of just constantly shape-shifting because she doesn't want to be that little girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not because she doesn't want to be that little girl. It's because she's not. She is that little girl. Sometimes. But she's also everything else. Yeah. Again, we go back to the line, I'm not a little girl. I'm a a shark. shark. Yeah. It's like, you're a little boy now. I am today. That is, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is Nimona. That is is perfect. Yeah. Great representation for a gender fluid character, I think. There's only one other gender fluid character that has had such success, and that is Alex from the Magnus Chase books, and I love Alex. <laughs> she Tia. pulls out the book yes. right behind her yes. on the bookshelf. Yeah, I didn't even plan that. It's just perfect. But I, I genuinely can't think of any other, not even non-binary characters, but just gender-fluid characters that are handled as well as Nimona. I just told you, Alex Fierro. Alex Fierro from the Magnus Chase I, books. I need to read the rest of the Rick Riordan series because yes. I, I stopped early yes. in that. They're very good. That is the only other handling of a gender-fluid character that I've ever seen as well as this one, where it's, it's very different because Alex is not the main character of this story. Um, so Nimona being the main character um even though the 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 story is you know centered around Ballister Nimona is the main character like the plot is centered around Ballister yeah. but Nimona is the main character because it's all about her and yeah, the big things that happen happen because of Nimona and they happen to Nimona yes there it, it leaves so much more room to explore the themes and the messaging and just just who she is as a character and how she sees herself and i you know i use the pronouns she because she presents as a little girl most of the time but when she's not you know she's not when she's a little boy he's a little boy and he's a little demon and i love it (laughs) and she just lives her life day to day it's like she's making the decision whenever she kind of feels like it which is 
perfect. There's not much that we can say that they don't say in the movie because they cover it really, really mm -hmm. well. Like Ballister's first conversation with Nimona in the train about uh, her shape-shifting. She gives that story because he asks, mm -hmm. um, what are you? Where did you come from? And she's like, I'm yeah, Nimona. She's like, what are you? I'm Nimona. Who are you? I'm Nimona. That's, that's always her answer. <laughs> but then he says how did you get like this? And she starts telling him that bullshit story. And it ends with, um, I, I wish for people not to ask me stupid questions. <laughs> and that is the perfect sentiment, I think. Because it is a stupid question. How did you get like this? Nobody fucking knows how they got like anything. They just are. Leave them alone. Yeah. They just woke up one day and figured, oh, this is like how this I am. This is me. Like, get they, over This it. is my true yeah. self. And even the way that this movie combats because obviously Nimona needs the acknowledgement from others because she she strives for that so much no matter how much she doesn't want to accept the fact that she needs it like she does because you know why because she's a shapeshifter but she's human yep and that's so In real all medical me metaphorical meanings of the word maybe not actually she's not human but she is human for all intents and purposes and humans need each other and they don't want to be ostracized from society and separated out by a wall, you know, <laughs> and demonized against an entire history of people, you know? Yeah, and Nimona seeks out Ballister because he'd already been villainized. So she was like, oh, yeah, he's perfect. He can be like my community. Yeah, he and asks we can... her at one point, why are you helping me? And she says, because everybody hates you, too. And yeah. that's just so telling. <laughs> that's how communities are built. Am I right? Yeah, no matter who you are, you need communication and acknowledgement. Yeah, you need... No matter how special people. you people are. People need people. It's true. Even if you're an introvert, like me. Yep. <laughs> I still need people. And me. Yes, like us. <laughs> you still need people. There's one scene where we touched on it briefly earlier, where Nimona gets the arrow in her leg, and Ballister asks her, does it hurt? Um, and she says, you know, it feels like a stab in my leg. But then he's like, no, I mean, <laughs> yeah. the shape shifting. Does it hurt? Um, and she says, it feels worse when I don't do it. It feels like that feeling right before a sneeze. Like everything yep. in my body is on on edge. And then I shift and I'm free. And... Or she says, I change. I'm so glad you brought says, that up. She says, then I change and I'm free. And what more is there to say? I completely forgot about that line. And yet again, I feel like I've said this a million times. That's another line that perfectly encapsulates her character. Just in one line, they tell you everything you need to know about her. And they do that more than a few times. With her being a shark, with her being a little boy. Mm -hmm. it, it's The writing is so well done in this movie. It almost amazes me just how blessed this movie is yeah. with its choices. It's really good. I don't know who wrote it, but uh, it's if I had a hat, I'd take it off for them. <laughs> that yes. it, they're they're they did a really good job, and Chloe Grace Moretz mm -hmm. did an excellent job as Nimona. And Riz Ahmed as oh Barristan. my god, yes, he was so perfect. Good. I thought everyone, all the voice actors were really good. And there wasn't even a lot of voices in this movie. Yeah, there was. Really not. There was really very few no. characters, and it still felt like a really cohesive, full world. Yeah, you That's got a, a feel full. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't even say <laughs> that. You got a real 
full look at the kingdom. <laughs> I guess I'll keep that in. So I feel like we've perfectly reviewed Nimona. Obviously, if you heard all those spoilers, like still go watch it. It's a great fun time. If you if you hadn't seen it and decided to listen to us yap about it for this long, you yeah. should just go see like, it. Like <laughs> trust us, the animation, you can't describe how beautiful it is without just like you could just go watch it and that's much mm -hmm. better. Like go to Netflix, go watch it. But what I also wanted to talk probably pretty shortly, like 10, 15 minutes about animation in general because I feel like we are in a new age or just we are in that transitional period between just classic 3d cg animation like a pixar movie and new different styles such as like the spider-verse style or this new i don't even know how to describe cell shaded was that how nimona looked it like, did not quite. i mean i don't know i'm not i'm not gonna pretend to be an animation expert but it looked very different from a lot of mm -hmm. the animated movies that have come out in recent years, like you've said. And I think for a long time, um, when that 3D animation came out and was, you know, the new hot thing, everyone was doing it, it was very, mm, it set, it set the bar, it set the, not the bar, it set the tone, it set the tone for these movies and everyone decided to do the same thing they decided to use the same animation style and it got very boring very quickly all the movies look mm -hmm. the same that's why that's why all of those uh theories exist that's why the um uh the pixar theory and the dreamworks theory and whatever other freaking theory exists why they're all in the same universe because mm -hmm. they all look exactly the same as each other it's a tenuous link but yeah they can make that link because they look exactly the yeah. same and i mean you know the pizza planet truck is in all those movies so maybe it is the same universe yes. but and that's not to discount anything. No, it's I think recently animation. Pixar's put out Inside Out, which is the exact same animation as always, but I think that movie's amazing. Yeah. Or even Soul, and even, and, same animation style. It's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, Elemental looks beautiful. I haven't seen it, but it looks beautiful. I, I haven't seen Elemental either. Um, but I'm sure it's also a really good movie because that's the standard of yeah. Pixar. And they're, It's like MCU. You know you're going to have a fun time at the very yeah. least. And more recently, they're taking more risks, which is what we're leading into. Mm -hmm. I think things like Nimona, things like Puss in Boots 2, things like the Spider-Verse movies are yes. taking more risks, not just with their uh, storylines and themes, but with their animation styles. And it's really paying off. I didn't even think of it in that phrase, but I think that's the best way to put it is taking risks. Like that's what storytellers in general like forget animation that's what we need to do to keep movies not not just inventive but also to fun because otherwise why why do people go to yeah, movies we don't want to see the same thing we've already seen a million times like that's what i was saying for so long the 3d animation models were the industry standard i think that's a better way of saying it mm -hmm. they were just what everyone did and then people got tired of it they 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 were like, oh, that old 2D animation? Oh, we we don't do that anymore. We're sophisticated. We do 3D animation. <laughs> and 2D <laughs> yeah. animation is a completely different art form. It's art. It's not just a way to churn out the machine to get more money from children's parents. You know, it's a it's an art form in and of itself, and it has beautiful, beautiful things to offer. And I 
completely forgot its name, but there was an Apple Plus movie. Uh, it was called like Werewalkers or Shapewalkers or God, I'm those butchering are, those it. Are but it was a really cool looking 2D animation movie. And they need to do more stuff like that. Like just make stuff 2D. Sure, you can make a 3D animated movie every now and again because I want to see I want to see that again. It's a really cool don't look. Don't get me wrong. But I want to see everything. Yeah, don't get me wrong. 3D animation is cool, but it doesn't need to completely eclipse all animation styles. There's lots no. of different things. You know, stop motion animation, amazing. What? The Nightmare Before Christmas is one of the most classic movies of all time. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, people watch it twice a year. How many times can you say that? There aren't that many movies you watch twice a year <laughs> for special occasions. No. And, you know, Coraline, The Corpse Bride, you know, they're amazing. We need to have an episode about that studio. I think they're yes. Lakai or Laika. Yes. That, that studio is amazing. Every movie they put out, so gold. Good. That's why I get really frustrated when in the Academy Awards, like, not that I put much stock into the Academy Awards, but in the Academy Awards, there's one category and it says best animated movie. And that is bullshit. Animated movies yeah. are not a genre of movies like best drama or best comedy. It is a different art style. It should have its own awards show because there are animated comedies, animated dramas. There are animated shorts. There are animated... There's different types of animation. Stop motion animation, 2D animation, 3D animation. They're very different. And they take so much work. I was going to bring up, just put it in the award show, like just make them regular movies. But I think having its own award show would even bring a lot of awareness to animation and a lot of the work that goes into animation. Because it's a double-edged sword where every frame you have to work on. So you could put a lot of work or a little bit of work into it. So every frame can, can be a masterpiece or it can just be... Uh, forgettable moment like it's your it's the animator's choice exactly i think it deserves its own recognition its own type of show you know like those awards they are you know we could say a lot about them but (laughs) yeah honestly forget award shows but but they're 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 great for recognition in the industry because the people who win them or get nominated it give or the movies themselves it gives them leverage. It gives them yes. leverage to get more jobs, to make more movies, to get more yeah, of it. It really audience. informs what's coming next in the next five exactly. years. And um, to get more recognition for animated movies is something that is long overdue, especially because um, so much of our world is going further into that direction. Like, um, not our world, our entertainment media. Um, There's so many more animated movies that can be produced now than could have been in the past. Um, And Mm -hmm. so many newer ideas and interesting things. Uh, But that also goes with, you know... um, Studios learning the wrong lesson. um, I was going to say studios abusing their their visual artists. Uh, Yeah. That's a big problem. We we could talk about that because I think, and I'm no expert in this issue, but the one thing that I see as causing the problem more often than not is whatever creator or person in charge deciding that they want to change an idea late in the game. 
And that happened with the Across the Spider-Verse, which is why the third movie has been delayed. It happened with Thor Love and Thunder. I know for a fact it happened almost dozens of times on Thor Love and Thunder, where they had something completely finished in CGI, and then late in the game, a creator or a producer said, no, let's make it look like this. Mm. I mean, obviously, there's going to be interpretation and, you know, you're going to change stuff all the whole process that you're making a movie because it's a fluid process but decisions need to be made sooner yeah. that's my takeaway from this whole I issue. mean I think I think there's a lot more to the issue I think that's definitely a problem but I think a lot of the times especially you know happening with video game development and stuff like this for for the TV shows and the movies that all need visual effects there's lots of um, there's extreme crunch time and the mm -hmm. budget and that's never yeah. good so they don't i think it's i think these budgets are usually made by people who don't understand what it takes to make these things more often than not they're made by you know executives in a studio who aren't mm -hmm. visual artists who don't understand how long it takes, how many people it takes. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not in those rooms. I don't know. Like The, the best solution is to have visual effects artists in the room. Like yeah. that's so that they can communicate problems if they come up, as they come up, not a day afterward. Yeah, it's a it's a whole issue. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think animation in general is growing. I think within five years, it's going to be a completely different landscape than what we're seeing As now. As it should, it and shouldn't I be hope it's static better. because then people would stop going to the movies, and no. they shouldn't because movies are good, just like Nimona. Nimona was excellent, yes. and everyone should go watch it and then everyone should listen to this podcast but if you're at the end here then you have listened to this podcast so good for you and with that this has been a shark podcast <laughs>